Warning! The podcast you're about to hear is very filthy. We say naughty words you would use as an adult anyway. It will cause you not to eat your vegetables, and your mom generally thinks it's a bad idea. Any moment of the show that has any similarity to the history of any person living or dead, real or fictional, to real events are entirely unintentional and coincidental. Unless we're specifically noted otherwise in the cast and crew credits, all celebrity voices are impersonated, and new celebrity has endorsed any aspect of the show. Hey everyone, welcome out to episode 250 of The Good, The Bad, and Geeky. I'm Nick Nitro, and before we get to the good stuff, and that is uh, a movie I keep telling people the incorrect title of, which is Hector and the Search for Happiness. Um, I keep calling it Simon and the Search for Happiness. I think it's probably because Simon Pegg is in the movie. Um, we'll also talk about Star Wars Rebels and a few other things. Again, we'll get to that here in a second. Um, I've already blown my load, so to speak, about what we're going to talk about. Um, I'm still not used to doing these shows by myself. It's a little jarring, um, if you pardon the term. And also, this is the second time I am actually sitting in front of uh, front of all my equipment. Uh, I'm not actually driving in a car. So this is a GBG drive-by in, again, in another figurative sense. Um it's another just little quick uh, what's up to all my peeps out there. Um, my peeps, that's so bad. Um, yeah. Fact of the matter is, is this whole day, I mean, do you ever feel like you are just at your wit's end? Like, no matter what you do, like you're just sort of trapped? And in... in <laughs> Like, there's never enough time in the day to do this stuff you want. And, like, yeah, I know that, and I know everyone feels that way, but, like, the the feeling of being trapped, not ever having enough time, and, like, you look down to the next week, and you go, I still don't have enough time, and the week after that, and the week after that, and the week after that, and things just keep happening and keep going, and you just look around and go, there was a box full of Christmas ornaments that's going to have to be pulled out, put up, and then a, a month later, they're going to be torn down again. And at the same time, we're doing this and we're doing that. And I have this at work to do. I have that at work to do. I can't take this day off. I can take that day off. People are doing this. People are doing that. Traffic is slow one day. Traffic isn't slow the other day. So it makes it more unpredictable on when I can leave to go to the places I need to go, whether it be work or to visit friends or family across one side of town to the other. You get reflective on, like, you know, why you allow people in your life. Uh, you know, you are not as reflective and actually joyful when you cut other people out of it. It's, it's a, it's just so taxing and tiring. And yeah, well, wasn't that a happy, fun, exciting? way to start the show um we haven't even got to our sponsors yet i you know if you guys are, are slitting your wrist to see caller right now i i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised you know what i mean um but uh if you did here's some band-aids because that's gonna that's gonna do the trick you know put some band-aids on a gash on your wrist and uh take heart be comforted my my audio listener child because behold 
our sponsors are Pack Rat Comics. Pack Rat Comics is a fun-friendly comic shop located in the heart of Old or Hilliard, Old or Hilliard, Old Hilliard, Ohio. Also, Marysville, Ohio. So that's two locations to service you with a wide selection of new and old comics, graphic novels, T-shirts. I mean, tons of action figures, statues, and also board games. They provide you guys with a great love of comics and just fun atmosphere. So please check them out, packratcomics.com. Our other sponsor of The Good, The Bad, and Geeky is audible.com. Over 100,000 titles to choose from. Sign up and get a free audiobook and a 14-day free trial by clicking here. And by saying here, I mean in the show notes, it would be like a little section that says here. But if you want to actually click here, go to your, you know, your web computer thingy that connects you to the series of tubes that is the internet, thanks to Al Gore, and just type in the URL www.audibletrial.com forward slash goodbyegeeky dash audibletrial.com forward slash goodbyegeeky. I broke into my weird southern drawl there. Only because every time I feel like I say WWW, I always feel like I'm not pronouncing it properly. And so it's like WWW. W. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's the reason why I said I mean this is an horrible opening, but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get through this, people. We're gonna get through this. We're gonna work together, we're gonna band together, just like Lee did with Clementine and Kenny and all the other survivors in the Walking Dead season one video game. I just beat that earlier today, and it's it rings with me a little bit. Oh, one last sponsor. It's the most important one in some ways. It's my own comic, uh, Ultimate Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Go to utmnt.com, check it out there, and read it. Give it a looky-loo with your eye holes. And if you like it enough, or you just want to support something awesome and amazing, go to patreon.com forward slash utmnt. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash utmnt. Calabunga. All right, finally, now to this episode. This episode of The Good, The Bad, and Geeky, we're going to talk about a few different things. We're going to talk about Star Wars Rebels. We're going to talk about uh, uh, This Is Where I Leave You. And we're also going to talk about Hector and the Search for Happiness. Um, I'll, I'll start with Hector first. Hector, the Search for Happiness was a uh, movie that I saw the trailer for. Um, for I, think, I think it was for uh, uh, This Is Where I Leave You. I think I saw the trailer there. And it looked really fascinating to me. And I, I like quirky indie movies, and I like Simon Pegg. Now, my girlfriend, on the other hand, doesn't love Simon Pegg. Her experience with him has either been Star Trek, she likes Simon Pegg, or any of the movies uh, that are part of the Cornetto trilogy. She doesn't like that stuff. And and um, there's a part of me that's very sad, but hey, the fact that I got her to watch Marvel movies and she adores those, I'm going to let this one slide. Um, but so there was a concern that if I show her the trailer, she might not like it. And I thought I remember her saying that, oh yeah, I like the, uh, the trailer. So, you know, I was like, oh, I could, we, we might be able to pull this off here, people. And we ended up, it, we did. And we both left the movie feeling a little, I don't know. Like, I think it has all the right ingredients it's just not baked properly and i like we all know look like hector goes for a search of happiness and maybe the happiness was really what he had all along he just wasn't committing he wasn't he was he was sort of a commitment phobe um and you know look they could have baked it a completely different way and it was still ended the same i feel which is that he 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 realizes his commitment phobia that he's happy, misses his girlfriend, and he goes home and marries her, and they have a kid, and, and, yeah. 
Like, you know that's... I mean, watching the movie, watching the trailer, you know that's what it's going to be, but I, I don't know. I felt like even though sometimes a movie... Like, you go into a movie knowing what the ending is going to be, especially with a movie like this where it's preaching and talking. It's not really preaching, but it's talking about what happy. It's talking about happiness, stuff like that, the meaning of life, happiness. Um, what is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. No more. When you talk about any of these things, you know, you expect a, a certain outcome. And when you get the outcome, you hope that it's the journey there that makes it worthwhile because you already know it's going to happen, right? At least within film, medium, books, or comics, music, whatever. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm Mr. Yanni McYonerstein tonight. Um, but it comes down to the simple fact that I really want, and I wanted the movie. I wanted to be bawling at the end of that movie, and, and you know, I, I like a happy but sad, uplifting movie. And I found myself being a little bummed, and and my girlfriend sort of felt the same way. Um, you know, like no one really goes in to cry at a movie, so to speak. But at the same time, you you don't want to. Um, You don't want to feel disappointed, I guess, that you weren't moved more. And and I don't know if it, if I would have caught this at a different time. And I even then, though, I don't think so because I always love conversations about what makes people happy, what makes people sad, what is the meaning of love, what's the meaning of life, what's religion, yes or no. I love these conversations. I love when movies um, attempt to breach these subjects. And I just feel though that they they dropped the ball on this one a little bit, and it's not Simon Pegg's fault. Simon Pegg did a fantastic job, um, but it really feels a little. I don't know. It, it's it's really difficult to say and be more descriptive on, which is horrible because we're on a talk show, um, where I have to talk about my feelings. Um, but the only thing that I felt really moved on was there was a scene where uh, Hector is on a plane ride back uh, to civilization because he's in Africa, gets kidnapped. I mean, it's a pretty horrifying experience. And the, and the movie sort of takes a dramatic turn you're not expecting. And, and then you go, oh, I see where this is going now. And you weren't, and, you know, so it, that was actually pleasant. But the complete tone of the movie felt like at the very end like a oh hey he has to go have the happy ending and it's like no what if the search for happiness doesn't always makes you realize how to try to be better at being happy not always succeeding like like i would have been fine if like she broke up with him at the end and he uh you know, was sad for a bit, and then they got back together and then lived happily ever after then. You know what I mean? Because he realized what it was to be happy. Like, I would have loved to have seen that journey a little bit more. I, mean, I don't care if it was a longer movie. I would have liked to have seen that journey. And it actually does make me want to read the book, too, because I'm reading some of the quotes here from the book, and um, and some of these were sort of just sort of done in, in the movie um, to a certain extent, and some of these are just fascinating. And it's like, like, uh, be very wary of people who declare that they're going to create heaven on earth. They almost invariably create hell. Um, he had fallen in love with her emotions, and that was a very profound feeling indeed. Um, 
true wisdom would be the ability to live without the scenery, to be the same person even at the bottom of a well. But that, it has to be said, is not so easy. But in reality, being unhappy might also teach him something about happiness. And I, and like, I don't really feel that that quote in particular, that really su- sort of really happened. Like, um, I don't know. It, it's really hard to describe and, and really get into. So, uh, to describe the movie a little bit, uh, with at this point is an understatement, but um, in terms of the plot and what happens for it is that he finds himself realizing that he's rather unhappy. He just feels like he's stuck in, in, you know, like we all do at times. We all sort of stuck in the same kind of thing every day, day in, day out. Like we're like kind of like Kyle was saying earlier. See how this all ties together, people. And um, you know, it's really, and you go, okay, it's it's almost kind of like the the Secret Life of Walter Mitty a little bit, where you know he steps outside his comfort zone and tries to. Um, and granted, it's for a different reason, but it's sort of the same idea, which is he's searching for something that he didn't know he had, or he doesn't know how to how to continue on with or without. And and he goes to Africa to see his, um, or uh, I'm sorry, he goes to China first. He meets a wealthy businessman who shows him the ropes and shows him that. Um, and his answer for being happy is money, and constantly working and never getting a break. Um. And there's an uh, interesting sequence where he buys a hooker for Hector, and Hector doesn't know it, you know what I mean? And for a second, you think, oh my God, he bought her a hooker, but as the night goes on, that's not how it appears to be either, and it's really um, it's really fascinating to me. Uh, and that again, the movie has some dark undertones to it, but it doesn't really kick in until Africa, where he meets a drug lord, um, playing by Jeanne Renault, and um, you're thinking, okay, where is this going? Because he almost beats the shit out of him. And then it becomes sort of a comedy again. And then he gets kidnapped by uh, by drug lords, a different set of drug lords that have nothing to do with Jeanne Reno. And you're going, oh my God, how is he going to get out of this? And the whole time is that he's been sort of building up his trip to find, on, in terms of finding happiness to, to lead him to his ex-girlfriend before his current one, which is that's being generous in terms of being current because you don't really know if they're together or not. She gave him full apropos to do whatever he wanted to do to truly find himself, which means sleeping with a woman um, that's not her, on his journey. And you're going, okay. Anyway, uh, so it's all building to seeing this ex-girlfriend or ex-fiance in Los Angeles and... On the plane ride, and again, it's taking some darker turns, but the stuff with Tony Collette feels like a weird, I don't know, it didn't feel weird enough. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it ultimately became um, an awkwardly dramatic tense scene, but it it felt a little undercut from it not being addressed earlier on. And then uh, the scene, you know, when he realized that he has to go back home was just like, oh my God, really? really like we're this movie now it didn't really match up with the rest of what had happened and it bothered me a bit so i i think that's the thing that really irks me the most is that the ending didn't feel 100 percent earned like look we all know it's going to happen but earn it damn it you know make us make us you know revel in his failure let us revel in his unhappiness so when he is happy we too 
can be happy. Um, Because happiness is not the sum total of lots of small joys and pleasures. Right? Of course. So, moving on. Before we get to the last movie, I want to talk about a TV show here for a second. And uh, I'm a... I'm not as like for example, I would say between the two of us, my my, my pal Jimmy, uh, Jimmy is a fan of Star Trek. I'm a fan of Star Wars a little bit more than the other. Um, Jimmy is okay with Star Wars, but at the end of the day, he feels Star Trek is way superior. And in the other ways, I sort of feel it's the other way around because um, I feel for the most part, Star Star Wars has found a way to thrive and infect people. Almost like a zombie, you know what I mean? If like you had a zombie A and zombie B, I would say zombie A has done is a little bit more successful. And Jimmy will argue that point, and that's okay. We have we have different opinions on that, and again, that is okay. And at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. Actually, I think one man is is the average theater goer, and the other one's if sci-fi, and the other is a, is the thinking man sci-fi. I love both of them dearly, um, but I think. I like one a little bit more and it's just because it's, it's just a little bit more fun at times. And sometimes I just, I just want to turn my brain off. Um, or I don't like to be hit on the head consistently with, and I think Star Trek sometimes does that. Uh, Star Wars does too. I, I, let's not lie, but, um, Disney XD or Disney channel showed a new, a new television series called Star Wars rebels. It was the show that, uh, they immediately put into production after canceling, uh, uh, Star Wars Clone Wars. And what I remember from Clone Wars was this. And that was the show was out of order, and at least especially in the first season, and really like some of the Force powers were overdone, overblown, like almost kind of like the video game The Force Unleashed. Look, I like The Force Unleashed, but if you're going to actually do a, a, a tie-in and it's considered canon like 100% canon by George Lucas, um, then at least try not to, like at least with The Force Unleashed, they they made it have a little bit more sense, which is uh, the dude is genetically altered. So his impact of the Force and the control of it is a little bit more whatever, It, it unless you're like an actual Sith Lord or Sith Apprentice, which I found to be, again, really fascinating. So... Um, but yeah, and it wasn't until uh, the last. I actually, I when it was released on Netflix, I, Netflix, I watched the last like ten episodes or so of Clone Wars, and it, I realized it'd become a fantastic show. Uh, the only thing is, I want to see it in order, um, so it's one of those kind of things too. I need to go back and figure out the order, watching in that order. Um, but so there, then there was Star Wars Rebels, and. Uh, we're talking about this without the scene with Darth Vader in it, which sort of sucks that they're going to air it on ABC with Darth Vader in it. You know, which it's a, so it's a, it's an extra scene that they're not including, and that's sort of the shitty of 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 ABC Disney or whoever. But uh, that's neither here nor there. What is Star Wars Rebels? Well, it takes place in between Episode Three and Episode Four, and it deals with a group of smugglers led by. I don't even know the, these characters' names. Some I only know one character's name, and that's Zeb. Um, Zeb is the is a character that used the original design for Chewie um, from the original Star Wars movies, uh, or where I think it was called the Star Wars with Luke Starkiller. Um, the Wookiee had this weirder design to it, and um, yeah. 
So that was pretty neat. That's actually a pretty nice little nod to that, and I really enjoyed that as a fan of of the uh, of the of the property to see that little old reference come back, you know. But at the end of the day, I I think the pilot was way better than Clone Wars what started off as. Um, and for everything that Rebels did right, there were a few things that it didn't do. It didn't do right, and uh, some of it was just um, acting stuff. And I don't mean voice actors. The voice, well, there is one voice actor I had a problem with, which usually I'm surprised by because I've heard him in other cartoons or projects, um, and I'll get to that here in a second. Uh, but I really was bothered by some of the acting choices, and by acting, I mean the animators. Um, the animation, for the most part, I would say ninety. 8% of it looks really nice. I almost said 95, but I would say 98% of it looks amazing for what it is. And I would say, though, the 2%, though, is the choice of of acting used during certain scenes or, like, the pacing is off. And it's, and it's in key moments, too, where it's like they have to take an extra... It, I don't know, it just throws the pacing of the scene off to focus take an extra second that wouldn't really no one would ever actually have to focus on an expression or it takes too long for someone to respond emotionally to to something like like physically like you know you can tell someone's response to something via their their physical presence and then hear their their physical uh, response that didn't happen in Star Wars Rebels and that bothered me a, a lot and and some of it was with Zeb especially I think that you know it was difficult for me trying to to bond with Zeb and the the kid, whoever whoever the kid's name is, that they ended up taking on and showing him the ropes of what it is to care for somebody else. And I really like that. I really love that concept. I love that idea. And I just really, uh, you know, I, I'm not opposed to that. You know, is it a trope? Yes, but so what? Let, I'm okay with that. It's a, it's a fun trope to see play out, and I'm not saying that you know if they if they do it here, it means they can't do it in other episodes. And matter of fact, I'm sure that will be an actual thing. They'll keep building it further and further. So, but it just really irked me that some of the acting choices of the director, animator, uh, animators, uh, you know, it just didn't didn't really flow well to me, and that that irked me a little bit. Like, I remember I was really into a scene, and, and the, thus the delay of the response of the character physically just threw me off to the moment where I was like, well, you okay, that lost me there for a second. And that was a weird choice as an actor. And I was like, well, I mean, you know, that the, the animator would do for the character. And, yeah, now, voice acting. I liked everyone a lot, except for Freddie Prince Jr. And I do not know why, but... He doesn't sound like himself necessarily, and again, there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes you want to be different, but it doesn't match the character design, or it just feels off to me. Well, does that mean I won't watch it? No, of course not. Matter of fact, I'll probably be loving his take of the character here within a few episodes. But something about that pilot, it just wasn't setting with me. Like his gruff, blah blah, blah you know, sort of talking, just was very uneasy, and I didn't, I didn't agree with it. 
So there's that. Again, was it bad? No, not at all. It, you know, I of course watched it, but it threw me off for a bit. And sometimes when he talked, it, it just irked me because it felt like Freddie Prince Jr. trying to play another character who's trying to play yet another character and it just didn't work. Um, that and the design didn't really match up. So there's that too. The the final thing I would say about Star Wars Rebels before we get to uh, this is where I leave you is the, I would say, even more frustrating um, trope, at least with Star Wars, is that there's always one more Jedi. There's always one more chosen one. And there's a character on the ship that is a Jedi. And the kid is strong with the Force. And that's actually pretty cool. I actually enjoy that little thing with it. But to have it be that... You know, to have it be, have it be, oh my God, here's another Jedi, you know, not like the kid. Like, there's another Jedi on the ship before the the kid they pick up, you know. And if they would have made it more of a mystery of who the Jedi is and was, then I would have been okay with that. Um, But they clearly, they blow their load, so to speak, uh, right at the very end, at the climax of of the... uh, pun intended, sort of. Uh, they blow their load at the climax, and it, to me, it felt like an, oh, geez, here's another Jedi last hope kind of thing. Now, the great thing is that if they really go into this and they commit to it, which I love, which is the kid is not the new hope. We already know the answer is, is Luke, or it's actually it's Vader. Luke is the hope for Vader to, you know, turn the tide and, and whatever, but um, that just irks me, and that would be that would be fascinating to see that develop further. But it irks me that um, you know, oh my God, the one guy is the smuggler is the Jedi. Every video game we've played, every book we've read of Star Wars that's in the expanded universe of some sort, or anyone who creates a story or a fan film or whatever, it's always about that one last Jedi that someone stumbles upon and and fine and it's just like oh my god jesus make it jesus give me strength so um it's still worth a a a, a viewing i i think it's pretty interesting i think uh the the i would really want to see cuz it's one of those things it's like watching a train wreck in slow motion we all know something really bad is going to happen to these people because they're not in any of the new stuff and I, I, I really find that fascinating. So I'm really looking forward to seeing where Star Wars Rebels, you know, plays out. Last but not least, and maybe we won't even talk about it a lot, is the movie uh, This Is Where I Leave You. This was a movie that um, I really loved. I, I mean, I just really love the shit out of it. And I've not read the book. My girlfriend is going to let me uh, borrow the book at some point, or I'm going to actually buy a hardcover version of it. And we're going to, I'm, well, I'm going to read it. She's already read it. But um, it was just funny as I'll get out. And it had, you know what? It had some sort of sad stuff too, which I really like. But it's about this family who, there's, there's I think there's like, what? Uh, one, two, three, four kids and the mom and they were all their their dad's last dying which was to sit shiva to to shiva sit shiva to sit in shiva am i saying that right i i, I asked 
you know, you, you Jewish listeners out there, I have no fucking clue. I apologize either way. Um, even to those who do know that and are not Jewish. Um, and that means they sit for so many days and pay respects and they can't leave the house or whatever. And, uh, for, excuse me, Jason Bateman's character, it comes at uh, a better or possibly worse time. His wife of, that he's loved for years, um, is fucking his boss and he's a radio producer for a guy who helps men, you know, with anything and everything. It's kind of like a man show and Dax Shepard plays the man. And, um, so he, he's able to, he's already, he got fired or quit his job. You don't really know which, um, and it, it's been really clued. It's been, might've been going on longer than a year, but, um, so he's really in this place where he needs something else. And he goes back home and of course to his dad dying and, I don't know, and it's sort of cathartic because one of his ex-girlfriends married his brother and who's trying to have a kid. Um, and then you get Adam Driver, who is really funny. He plays the one brother who was raised by Tina Fey, uh, and the, uh, the sister, um, when they were younger because the other kids were sort of already out of the house and doing whatever, and mom and dad wasn't really there necessarily. So... Um, yeah, it's 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 just I mean it's just a really damn fine movie. Tim Oliphant's in the movie, which I I don't remember seeing him in the trailers for. He's fantastic. Dax Shepard is actually really good. I mean Dax Shepard's part is little, is a little one note, but he tends to give it a little bit of you know three D f you know three D character a little bit third dimension. Um, so yeah, it's it's a good movie. I I don't. Oh my god, I am so sorry I'm Yanni McYonnerstein here, but um I really enjoyed the movie. If you get a chance, I, I think you I think you would like it too, if you like that sort of thing. Um you know, it, there is sort of a, a, a sort of darker tone under I would say not as dark as Hector. Hector gets pretty dark, but uh this is where I leave you, I think, as a general run of the mill family drama. You know what I mean? And that's okay. But uh yeah. So I think it's really worth it. Jason Bateman is fantastic. Um, in terms of all the people in the movie, I think... That, oh, Connie Burns in the movie. I don't remember seeing her in any of the trailers either, but she's in the movie. Uh, Jane Fonda is really fucking good. And I don't know, but when I think of Jane Fonda, I mean, I just don't think of her as a fantastically dramatic actress, so to speak. And I know that's probably horrible because the family and all that. They're amazing actors in their own right, but um, besides the newsroom, with I mean, in terms of drama, I've not really seen anything that I really like her in myself. I know that's horrible. I mean, I like Nine to Five, but that's a comedy, you know what I mean? But um, I really, I really like her in this. I mean, it's more comedic than it is dramatic, but there's a nice little, there's a few surprises in there. I'm not going to ruin them all um, for you because it's one of those things where you don't even really see it coming either. There's no. I don't know. It's it's not. It's pretty much just a family drama. It's all stuck in one house, having to deal with each other and in grown up ways. And it's amazingly awesome. It's I thought it was really funny, and I think you should check it out. It's called This Is Where I Leave You, and 
Well, that's it. Matter of fact, this is now where I leave you. Um, before we go, if you um, if you guys hate this stuff and you've made it this far and you want me to stop doing GBG drive-bys, you know, let me know. Contact me at goodbaggeeky at gmail.com or give us a call. Leave us a voicemail at 614-364-4088. And uh, yeah, so this is now officially, officially where I leave you. Have a good one, everybody. Something. This is a happy place. What the fuck am I supposed to say? <laughs> what song is that?